0: Hi, my name is Richard Carmen uh, from the United States, and uh, I'm a fan of FC Schalke No Fear.
1: Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. So, Richard, you wear a couple of hats, man. You've got the Schalke America podcast. You've got the Syria Sit Down podcast, and you're well, you're playing with yeah. Palermo. And you just told me you were playing with uh, Schalke as well. Uh, what else? What else have I not mentioned?
0: Those are just like my hobbies, and I also study languages as as a hobby too. I'm a big, uh, uh, I'm a polyglot. I'm a lingophile. file. Um, but those are just my hobbies, right? Because I have a, I still have a full time job. You know, I have a family. I'm taking care of. So uh, I'm, I stay busy. I I, ver- I rarely have free time, and when I do, I do cherish them. But. Um, I'm a busy guy.
1: <laughs> you were talking to me about his son last time. How old is he? Uh,
0: he's two years old. Yeah, he's running around. And uh, yeah, he hasn't quite gotten to football yet. Um, <laughs> still all likes like dinosaurs and stuff. But yeah, he's doing really great, man.
1: Uh, your job sounds really interesting, man. You just want to tell us a little bit about that?
0: Oh, yeah. So um, I'm a, uh, a senior manager at one of my... Um, my local park jurisdiction here in the East, in in, in Maryland, DC area. Uh, it's a big big area. I have a lot of parks. I mean, about a hundred parks that I got to uh, manage and stuff like that. But it's it's fun. You know, it keeps me on my toes every day. Is something different. You know, when it snows, we got to take care of that stuff. So we got a big snowstorm coming in tomorrow. So, uh, getting ready for that as well. It's uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It keeps me on my toes. I, I I love it. You know, anytime you get to be outside, what is there to complain about, right?
1: After the year we've had, I guess it, most people are itching to be outside right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Anytime you can be outside, not around people. It's a good time. A good thing. You know, still a little anxious around other people, but, you know, that'll that'll fade eventually.
1: You said you lived in Washington.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I I tell everybody I live in Washington, D.C. because everybody knows where that is. Right. Uh, I actually live just outside of D.C. in Maryland, the state of Maryland, because nobody knows where Maryland is. So I just tell, even in the United States, I tell people where I live in Maryland, they're like, where? So I just say DC and it's, it's, it's a DC area. So that's all I say. You guys had a
1: eventful month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is, that is an understatement. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been very, uh, interesting times here in the, where I'm, where I live right now. So that is absolutely true. (laughs) Never a dull moment. How did this all begin with Shalka? Yeah. Uh, it's funny, you know, um, I really didn't watch much Bundesliga, you know, growing up. There was really no access to it here in the United States. And then I remember, I think around like 2003 or so, uh, we got Goal TV. Uh, And so I remember they started, you know, showing Bundesliga games. And the first time I turned it on, um, I remember vividly because it was was Schalke versus uh, Bayer Leverkusen. I didn't know much about either team, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I seen, I heard their names, you know, in European competitions, but I didn't really get to watch them. But, you know, watching the game, I, I see that Shaka was at home in this game. and They had flags everywhere. It was just amazing, the the, the spectacle, the view. I'm like, I've never seen this before. So much passion. Uh, so it's like, you know what? I don't even know who this team is, but I'm going to support them. Uh, it turned out to be a heck of a game. I remember uh, – I don't remember what score It was a high-scoring game. I remember that. But it, it was just – I was so impressed by the fans. I didn't even know anything about this team at all. I was like, I'm just going to support them just because the fans. Um, so, yeah. That's how it it all started with me, and um, yeah, been a been a fan of Schalke ever since.
1: When did the uh, podcast start?
0: So the podcast started actually. Uh, it's funny uh, when when uh, Huntlar, who kind of comes full circle, he's now back at Schalke. But when he first left Schalke I don't know, four seasons ago, mm-hmm. um, that's when I first started doing a podcast. So you know, at the time, I was already doing another podcast, the Syria podcast, like you mentioned. And I was like, you know, what? I want to hear more about Schalke in English. And I looked around everywhere, saw a couple Bundesliga clubs, but nothing, not about Schalke. And I said, I do podcasts. I'll create one. Why not? Um, and it's kind of rolled steamrolled ever since. And, and you know, um, you know, it was fortunate for me, you know, Jack Mangan and I, you know, hooked up around uh, the Rivier Derby, the 4-4 game yeah. that first year. Uh, and we've kind of been, you know, we, we've been he's been the co-host ever since. I mean, he does an amazing job. Uh, he's got a real radio voice, which is awesome. Uh, he's so knowledgeable too, so uh yeah, having him on board uh we've been uh, we've been together for now four seasons and uh going strong you know and uh, making new friends along the way uh both you know with the club and and in and around it, it's been an amazing journey, honestly. never thought I'd get to this far. I just you know wanted to talk about Schalke and look look where it's going, you know that's so great.
1: yeah, so we've got listeners from across the globe or mainly America.
0: Uh, we got listeners from over 100 countries in the world. Um, it's amazing. Wow. I saw the list the other day and it's just countries I wouldn't, I, I couldn't, never thought I would, you know, would numbers would reach like that. Um, it's really truly been humbling. You know, the majority of our listeners are from the English speaking countries, obviously like, you know, the United States, Canada, the UK, um, but, uh, also Germany as well, obviously with Schalke, but we, I mean, all every continent except for Antarctica, it's a, it's truly amazing. Um, uh, we're, we're humbled by how many people, uh, listening to us. It's uh definitely makes us uh stronger and keeps want to push forward to keep doing more, you know.
1: What I really like is that um you guys still say quite
0: positive. Yeah. We have to try to be because um you know so much with, with uh football, especially like on Twitter and stuff like that, it's always negative. You have those negative people who are constantly even when the team is like really good, you could have teams like you know, PSG or United, or whatever, and there'll always be negative fans. Um, so we try to be stay positive, especially now when it's when it's most negative. Um, with the club actually, you know, potentially getting relegated, we have to stay positive, and there are positives to go with. But um, it does get harder and harder every week. I mean, um, I think you know, over the last four years, uh, people have really, especially the the German community, um, they really started embracing us because they're like, look, these guys are still here after four years. The team's been tough, uh, you know, tough results. And they're still here. Um, and so we've been one of the few that's remained positive. And you know, um, we the the Schalke fan group had this big a, um, big video uh, push where they uh, several games ago where they did all the fans from around the globe uh, doing a really quick snippet uh, and put it one video. Um, and a lot of people pointed out that you know we've been one of the most vocal positive uh, no- noises in the in the Schalke community, and it's it's been really amazing. It's it's hard, obviously, when your team doesn't do well to continue to talk positive yeah yeah uh but we try to find ways it's it's getting harder and harder every week obviously but um when we win like we won you know not too long ago for the first time like a year uh we were really happy that you could tell people are like oh my god we forgot, we forgot what you look like happy You're like yeah we did too <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i think wasn't that on your birthday
0: yeah yeah so shaka gave me a birth uh, birthday present by winning uh, which is amazing um i i i told everybody that uh there's no truth to the rumor that we agreed on something off scene that they would win on my birthday, but uh, yeah, that that was a, that was a nice, really nice birthday present, honestly. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been tough ever since then. So maybe I need a birthday every day now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you ask any, any long time Shaka fan, I mean, probably the unanimous decision is going to be Klaus Fischer is one of the favorites, you know, in, in history, but you know, in terms of my, um, from when I became a fan, uh, you know, some of the names that you know, have stuck with me, the reasons why I like the club also, as much as I do now, um, Marcelo Bordon, who's a defender, central defender from Brazil, Kevin Karani, um, Asamoah, Juntalar, Raul, these are just some of the guys that, you know, there's so many, um, but those are some of the main guys that, you know, every time when they were playing, it was just like amazing to watch, um. Uh, other players, you know, so many other players too, but I no, mean, those are the main ones that you know I was made you fall in love with the club even more. And uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, watching, getting to watch guys like that. Every club has their their core of um, every player, every fan has those core players that they really just bring them to the club. And those were the ones who did it for me.
1: Yeah, Huntler, who's at the end of his career, coming back to Schalke. I think that's really special, man. And uh, even Kolarov, who's come back now for the rest of the season. So what are your thoughts on that? What's the feeling, you know, among the fans and, you know, generally?
0: The fans uh, love it, absolutely, because both those players hold a special place in our hearts. Um, You know, Schalke really is a a community, a family, uh, and it shows by both those players saying, you know, hey, I want to go back and try to help this club stave off relegation. Um, Huntalar, who's going to retire, he told everybody he's going to retire, and he could have just stayed with Ajax for his last six months, right? A team that's first place, who's doing so well. Um, but no, he said, you know, Hey, I got six months to go before I retire. I'm going to go back to a club that I love and try to keep, if I can do anything to help them survive, I'm going to do it. Uh, Kolasinak is the same way. You know, he's someone who, um, said, you know what, tear up my, my arsenal contract. Let me go to, let me go to Shaka and country to help them up, help them out. So, um, it means a lot to the fans and then, uh, you know, just to see <laughs> the last several years have been, have been tough. And so any kind of semblance of, of the past that can help. The fans are looking for it. And then, you know, obviously having Hoop Stevens come in every now and then uh, during those years helped. But um, seeing Huntelar and and Kolasinac, uh, yeah, it it gives the fans a little bit more hope, you know, hoping that maybe these two guys and maybe a couple others can help uh, push the team back over the edge to stay in the league. But we'll see. It's still early. It's, uh, you know, they just arrived within the last couple weeks. So uh, they need some time to get – there's not much time left, but then they need some time to get their feet back wet and uh, uh, hopefully get more pitch time.
1: Player or players who you think deserved a lot more praise?
0: Probably the two players that probably jump out to my mind um, are two players who have who had, or maybe maybe they still do have, but they had uh, amazing skill set. Uh, Jefferson Farfán, the Peruvian, uh, what a fantastic winger he was. Uh, he, I mean, he was so consistent. I mean, he was probably the most consistent player I've ever seen for Schalke. It seems like from the beginning to the end of his career at, uh, with the club. Um, and another player actually is Lincoln, uh, Brazilian. Uh, both those players were so skilled on the ball. Uh, different, different type of players, right? So Farfan is a is a winger, um, but his ability to cross the ball in and dribble and all that stuff is amazing. And then you got Lincoln, who's an attacking midfielder, uh, a ten, uh, and he, the way he can just pull the strings, do those perfect passes in the middle to free up the strikers like Karani. Uh, both those players are just so special. And I, 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 I know obviously all the Shaka fans. They adore those players. They always talk about them. But but you know outside of the outside of the club you know maybe maybe some Bundesliga fans but definitely in the world stage you don't hear as much uh, praise for those players even at the World Cup I mean at the end of his career people started mentioning Farfán with Peru but they really didn't say much about him and then Lincoln you know with some of the great Brazilian teams that we had in the early 2000s and and, and late 2000s um, Lincoln didn't really get a run on the team because there's so many other good players I mean world class players like Ronaldinho so he never got a sniff on the team so. Not many people knew about him as well. So, I mean, those I think those two players were just phenomenal players. And uh, unfortunately, they, they never got the due that they deserve, I think.
1: Young players who you're looking forward to seeing more of?
0: Um, You know, at the start of the season, the, the easy answer, well, one of the guys who we were fortunate enough to interview on the podcast was uh, Nick Tatigui. A uh, young American, you know. Anytime there's an American in the Bundesliga, especially with Schalke, we want to, we want you know, try to lift him up. Um, great guy too, but uh, we were hoping that maybe he would get more pitch time and and, and get some first team action. Um, though, you know, as the season went on with injury and other stuff, uh, the team eventually let him go at the beginning of the winter transfer window. Um, and another player who we had high hopes on was uh, Ahmed Kutucu, uh, Turkish international. And he, uh, you know, he has immense talent, but for whatever reason, didn't get the, the run out in the first team. So um, to try not to get his talent go to waste, they did let him go on loan this past January to uh, Heracles Almelo in the Eta Divisa. Um So, you know, ever, ever since he's joined the club over there, they've, been, they've gone on a win streak. I think he had an assist in his first game there, and they, they've been playing really well ever since he had joined. Um, so that, that's, that's great to hear. Uh, but in terms of the current squad, um, I'm glad to see Malik Tiao. And uh, Timo Becker get the run out lately, both at right back at center back. Um, Chan Ba the one, though, is someone who I really want to um, see more pitch time of. Because he, he when you see him on the ball, he looks like he's a first-team player. He, he, quick reaction, strong on the ball, good passing ability, um, has some trickery every now and then. But uh, he hasn't got as much pitch time as he should as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys ahead of him like Hari and Sardar, who play in similar positions. But I think Chan Basdeban has the potential to be a really talented player. Um, I know when he had his first game, he played with I want to say it's against Bayern or somebody, uh, and many people were impressed with him. But he's still very young. He, I think he's only like 19 years old. So um, hopefully, he's someone we can see a little bit more of uh, going here future. And also Matthew Hoppy, the American, um, he's got he's a leading goal scorer at the moment with his club, right? Five goals in his first three games, and then uh, it's, it's calm, it's cooled down ever since. But I mean, he's he's still. For someone who's raw as him, he reads the lines very well, reads the play very well, um, and his finishing ability has been so much better than we thought. Uh, we, we knew that he had some goal-scoring ability, especially when he was at the Barca Academy, but, um, I mean, that hat trick that he had yeah. in his first game, I mean, every finish was just sublime, and um, hopefully he can uh, he and Hontalar can help uh, score some goals for the club and uh, keep this... Uh, drive to survive to quote a formula one uh keeping them in the bundesliga so we'll see i mean i, I we, we're hoping for it you know we're hopping for it <laughs>
1: <laughs> how popular is the bundesliga in america you've got a lot of americans uh i'll, I'll come to that in a bit but how, how popular is it
0: over the last uh probably since so when from when we started the podcast till now it's it's grown like a hundredfold um, obviously having you know, some Americans in the past, like, uh, Christian Pulisic and McKenney, they help, you know, bring people in, but, um, it's growing more and more. And I think the Bundesliga clubs are doing well to, uh, establish themselves over here and connect with the local clubs. I know with Schalke, uh, we work with the, um, all the local fan groups that are in different cities. I mean, I, I probably can think of like 10, 10 cities off the top of my head in the U S and Canada. Uh, who have fan clubs, and we're in constant communication with each other. And I think the clubs do really well to reach out to these fan bases. Um, back in the time before COVID, uh, we would do watch parties and stuff like that. Now it's like Zoom parties. Um, and so I think all the Bundesliga clubs do a really good job of reaching out to Americans. They understand that there's a talent pool coming from this from this generation, um, and they're really trying to tap into that. And I think uh, the market is this: the country wants to be a football country. Uh, a a European football country. Right now it's an American football country and a baseball country and and stuff like that. But um, the, the, the hunger for the sport is there. Uh, You've seen it in some of these areas like Kansas city and some other, where it's like so many fans get together and they they celebrate, especially when the U S men's national team play or the U S women's team plays. Um, But uh, it's growing so much, especially with all the Americans like Josh Sargent and all the Americans that are in the Bundesliga currently. um, And of the two leagues, the two most popular leagues, I would say, uh, that Americans feature in, I would say, you know, obviously English in England with the Premier League or with the Bundesliga. So, um, yeah, I think what the Bundesliga does as a as a whole uh, really helps to grow the sport here in the United States.
1: Yeah, you've got a lot of young American players coming through, man. You've got just in yeah. the Bundesliga alone, I can think of some like five. Uh, Hoppy, you mentioned uh, Reyna. Yeah, I, I'm forgetting the other guy who's at
0: uh, Werder Bremen. Josh, Josh Sargent. It's just the Bundesliga is a good place to harvest that talent and get to that next level. I think um, some players, I mean, even Erling Haaland, he came here because yeah. he knew, he knew the Bundesliga was a, a league that he can develop his skills even further. Um, and, and the, the type of play in the Bundesliga is conducive to um, learning and getting better. And we'll see that with, with all the young Americans that they are thriving uh, in this type of, in this type of atmosphere. And uh, uh, as an American, I I'm saying, I'm excited to see that every time I see an American uh, play, um, and score, hopefully not against Schalke, but, you know, when they score, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, because you hope, oh, maybe that's a potential future national team member there. So um, a lot of good talent uh, right now in the Bundesliga from from the American side. Weston McKinney already with Juventus. So, um, you know, Weston McKinney has done really well at Juventus, um, a former Schalke, former Schalke yeah, okay. player. Um, and then Brian Reynolds, I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's been wanted by a lot of clubs around Europe. Um, and so Roma got him. So hopefully he can do well there as well. So. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, you know, and there's another, there's still, you know, it's funny, Schalke were known before for signing American players. They've had, you know, Haji Wright, obviously, Weston McKinney, Nick Tatigui, uh, Matthew Hoppe now. There's a young kid um, who is not getting as much attention at the moment who is like only 15 years old, maybe 16. His name's Evan Rotondo. Um, He's got immense skill. He scores a lot of goals. So a lot of people hear about the the youngster um, who's at Dortmund right now, and I forget his name. but he's like 16. He scores a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And Evan Rotondo, his like first, I think five games, he had something like 15 goals or something like that for the for the youth team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got immense talent. Uh, he's got a great family, and uh, he he just knows how to score goals and be a playmaker. And I'm excited to see where this kid goes. Um, you know, give him a year or two, and we might we might start hearing his name uh, either with the, with the top team or somewhere or somewhere else. He's got uh, a lot of talent, not only for an American but just for a player in general. Uh, so Evan Rotondo, remember that name. Um, I'm a season ticket holder of DC United. Uh it's it's a short drive for me. So I'm I'm always at the games. Well, I was. <laughs> um under the COVID times, it's been difficult because you you don't know what the schedules are like sometimes. Even me as a season ticket holder, I don't even know when, when the games are sometimes. And it's so weird. Like the, sometimes they let fans in, sometimes they don't. And it, it's very, very weird. But uh the league in general has been been thriving every year, uh, you know, obviously pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting stronger and stronger. The support. Everywhere you're seeing all these new teams crop up out of nowhere. FC Cincinnati is one of the newer teams. Inter Miami, mm. uh, even even more recent than that, um, Minnesota United as well. So there's a lot of teams that sprouting up because the support is there. Like I said, that soccer soccer or football, it's it's a sport that a lot of people are finally finally come out to the mainstream, saying this is our sport. We, so we support it. Uh, we want to show you how much we support it and. Um, you really notice it, obviously, in the World Cup, you know, in the World Cup times or big yeah. tournament times, because all this, all the, everyone comes together. But uh, the, the MLS is really growing slowly but steadily, um, and the talent's getting better and better. And obviously, having you know pulling big stars from you know, from Europe or wherever helps a lot yeah. uh, to draw names. But um, the, the 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 gameplay is getting better and better, and you can see like. He, it, it shifts where the where the best teams are. So sometimes LA, sometimes it's in you know Portland or Seattle or, or Toronto. It's moving around. It's never in the same spot. It used to be just like DC United would always win or San Jose or Kansas City. Now it's like you never know really because there's so many teams. Atlanta won recently. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, by the way, it's hard to say Atlanta when I talk about Atlanta all the time. You know, it's it's, it's difficult. <laughs> you might think that as an American, at Atlanta is hard to say. But
1: <laughs> well, they had a great season. What was it like two years ago? Wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been lot they yeah two years that the two years ago and the year before that they were really good and then they they struggle and I think they're they're starting to play well again at Atlanta United but um yeah this uh, the what they what they the model they're doing in, at Atlanta uh, is really great which I think all MLS teams should emulate is because uh, they keep the the concession stands low so like the food and the drinks they keep them very low so everyone can afford it uh, more people pay money there and then that way they don't have to charge so much money for anything. And the ticket prices are very low as well. Uh, often, often seems the trend in, in world world sports is that you just raise the ticket prices every year, right? Uh, and Atlanta really tries to keep it, you know, steady so everyone can afford the games, not just the rich. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they get like fifty thousand plus fans at every game. Well, they did not now anymore, but uh, that's what you know—they're selling at their football stadium, which is amazing. They one, they have one of the biggest crowds in MLS. It, it's very reminiscent of you know. Uh, a south american or european uh, soccer game or football game because so many fans so many passionate fans are there and the stadium is amazing and
1: i've seen some of those videos and they seem like really passionate fans yeah no it's amazing
0: and it's funny because american game often gets mocked sometimes because the fans are overzealous sometimes you know they celebrate too much but hey let them have it you're passionate you're passionate let someone be passionate you know everyone has their different ways of showing their passion i think um, and so if this is the way they want to, you know, express their passion, let it let it be. You know, let them have fun. It doesn't bother me.
1: <laughs> a game that left you disappointed and a game that left you elated.
0: Oh man. Um, so the game that left me elated um in terms of recent times, you know, like it was Shalka. So it was a big revere derby four years ago. Uh and Dortmund took a four-nothing lead in the first half. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, what is going on here? Uh, and then you know, coming out of the second half, Shaka scored four goals, and it almost, it almost felt like a win. It ended up being four-four, uh, but you know, from where they were at halftime to where the game ended, uh, I mean, I've never—I can't remember being so elated like I like I was in that game. Um, a comparable game that I no, a game that I was actually at that uh, I held similar feelings to me. Um, you know, I told you I was DC, I'm a DC United season ticket holder. Uh, Wayne Rooney was on on the club not too long ago. Uh, you know, they brought him over. And I remember a game where uh, we, I think we were playing uh, Orlando or something like that. And you know, we end up they were up two one. We scored a goal made two two. And then you're in stoppage time, and DC is really trying to score a goal to win, right? Because they need to win to get in the playoffs. Uh, turnover happens. They're going. The other team's going down the pitch. The goal is not even in the goal anymore. So Rooney fi- uh, races back, tackles the guy at midfield, s- wins the ball, and then this lofts a big cross into the box, and DC United score at the last minute. Uh, and it was just an amazing play. And I remember the whole crowd's going, what the heck does happen? Uh, it was a really amazing play by Rooney uh, to win it. Cause if he didn't make that tackle, they're going to go empty net, you know, the other way and win the game. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, it was a really impressive game for me to be there. But so those two games probably elated In terms of, uh, disappointment, you know, <laughs> if you're looking at recent memory you're looking at this season, uh, probably the first game of the season, eight nothing to Byron. Um, a team who just came off the champions league, Bayern, right? Everyone knows who they are. They're they're a great club. But if you're not prepared, how can you not be prepared for a club first game of the season when you had weeks to prepare, months to prepare, right? And you come out eight nothing. I mean, I was so disappointed in that game because I knew they were gonna win. Uh, Bayern Byron were. But I'm thinking three nothing, maybe eight nothing. I mean, that's unreal. Um, and so that, that that left me very, very bitter and very disappointed. Uh I knew that was gonna be a long season when I saw that scoreline. I went to South America probably when I was like 12 years old or something like that, right? Okay. Uh, and my, my mother's from Paraguay. And we went to watch a national team game, Paraguay against Ecuador. Uh, and you had the three or f- the top four rival fans all at the game at the same time, constantly chanting at each other all game long. It was so amazing to see. I mean, they're obviously celebrating the, the, the national team, but... They were chanting at each other during the game, taking turns. It was so awesome to see. Uh, you get the great food, and then you get you know, the, the, all the team, all the club fanatics, you know, yelling at each other. It was so fun and you learn all these songs. It was really, a really awesome moment for me. I would love to see, like, you know, uh, Super Classico with Boca Juniors and River Plate or San Lorenzo or any of those, you know, any of those Argentine games. Um, just South American football in general. Uh, it looks, I mean, that's really a crazy passion there. You yeah. watch some of the games from the Bombadero, and you got. Streamers everywhere The field's littered with You know Stuff You know Even that Or one of the uh, The derby games In uh, in, in Istanbul but Either Galatasaray Fenerbahce Or Besiktas um, It's just amazing To watch those kind of games Where just so much support So much uh, passion It's like It makes you really You know That's why you really love the sport Just to watch some moments like that You know And uh, Just to get a taste of it one day It'll be amazing
1: Serie A is also something That you uh, Are passionate about And you do the Serie sit-down uh, podcast. yeah
0: yeah so uh, another team i support is uh ac milan uh milan to most to mostly everybody else um yeah you know it's another team that just uh for me with a team i honestly the reason i kind of fell for them is their colors i just like the colors red and black i remember and i didn't know anything about the team i just started following them because of that uh and it's yeah i've been I've been fortunate to meet like uh clarence Seedorf, uh which is an amazing experience there really nice guy it's funny because with, with with ac milan um Italian has always been a big passion. For me. Italian is really what got me to learn languages. Um, I always had this passion about everything Italian. Uh, so, when, you know, supporting AC Milan, um, obviously the food, you know, the women, the culture, everything uh, It really got me w- wanting to learn the language. And that was like the first language outside of, you know, English and Spanish that I learned. Uh, and so that really got me on my path to where I am now. But um, yeah, just getting to, you know, again to support them. It's, uh, I've been fortunate enough, at least, to visit uh, the San Ciro. Uh, I, I did this whole big European trip uh, many years ago uh, by myself and I uh, got to visit San Siro, got to visit uh, Camp Nou in, in Barcelona, uh, I was supposed to go to Gelsenkirchen at the time, but I ended up making a detour and going to other places uh, like to Amsterdam. So, but uh, San Siro, what an amazing stadium. And I mean, that and, and Camp Nou, I'll never forget those two stadiums. They're just so epic and got to go in the dressing rooms. And um, yeah, those are fond, fond memories for me, for sure. But definitely, as an AC Milan fan, to be in the you know, the mecca for them, uh, it was really uh, an experience I'll never forget. So,
1: I, I just realized something: your your clubs are at either end of the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I also—it's funny because. Um, I apparently uh, also like to support teams that give me heartache. Obviously, Milan gives my, give me enough heartache, but they're yeah, they're top of the table right now. Uh, Schalke at the bottom. I also support Southampton. They just lost what nine nothing the other day. So I, I, I like to support clubs that give up a lot of goals. <laughs> uh, I, I'm the I'm uh I guess I'm a lover of, of being bruised and battered. I guess I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, the teams are on opposite sides, and it seems like whenever. Whenever one of the two, one of the clubs does well the other one does poorly and so I can never get them on the same at the top or whatever so I guess it's better not having all of them at the bottom uh but yeah uh, AC Milan's doing very well at the table right now and uh uh I would uh, well, I, what I wouldn't pay to take some of their points and give it to Schalke right now
1: <laughs> You think they're going to win? A lot of people are hoping that they do.
0: Um yeah I mean you know if you, uh, I I don't like to um I just tell people like, hey, if they get if top four, that's what their goal should be, right? Yeah. They need to get back in the Champions League, get the money. Um, do I would I love them to win? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I know there's two, you know, the two or you know, two cl- at least two clubs for sure that are very strong. Like Milan are doing, you know, far above expectations. All their young players are playing exceptionally well. But you got a, you got two teams, Inter and Juventus. Right. Juventus is one what, the last nine. Uh, Inter has just such a deep team. They got really fantastic players um and so and they're they're you know at least with inter they have a, a manager who's been there before um so you know you you always wonder if the other shoes going to fall mm-hmm. you know zlatan is 39 years old simon Kiar is 34 um how long can these guys keep it up you know it's so if they win it i'll be just happy as anybody else but um i keep telling everybody my goal the goal should be top four that's that's going to the season that was the goal zlatan had different goals he wanted to be on the champions league or win the uh scudetto uh, but, uh, my, I, I think a reasonable expectation was top four and they're far, you know, far succeeding that at the moment. But, uh, yeah, they, I want to see anybody, but Juventus win just because you yeah. like to see variety. Um, even, even the hated the, the hated rivals and in Inter, you, you hate to see them win, but I, I still would want them to win. Cause you want to see somebody different win, give somebody else a chance or Roma or somebody. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm cautious. A big part of me is hoping they win
1: cautiously optimistic.
0: There it is, there it is, cautiously optimistic. Just like I am with uh, Schalke, cautiously optimistic that we'll uh, stay in the Bundesliga. It's getting harder.
1: <laughs> Around the same time that uh, Nagelsmann was on the scene, you guys had Dominic Tedesco. Yeah. He was doing really well. He had two great seasons. Didn't you guys yeah. come second yeah. one in one of the seasons? His first season?
0: Yeah, that was the year that they went four four and they went four four against the River Darby. Yeah, they finished second in the league. Uh, they beat Dorman. felt uh, they lost. Uh, I mean, Byron obviously won the league, but um, yeah, they played really well that that season under him. And um, I always liked him. He, the, he still holds a special place in the hearts of of Schalke fans because he understood the passion that, that, that the fans had for the club, and he always tried to you know support with that. He would go into the stands and you know cheer with the fans after games um but yeah they um they, they had a string of results where they had to let them go because you know they were losing to teams they shouldn't i mean obviously losing to manchester city seven nothing's not it's not good but they also lost to some teams that they should have they shouldn't have lost to so like nuremberg uh Mainz and some other clubs where they lost like three four nothing they're like okay after like five games in a row the poor results they're like we have to let them go uh, which is unfortunate because um I think he's tactically. I mean, he was first in his class. You know, Nagelsmann's doing so well, uh, and and Tedesco actually finished higher than him in his class. And what you're seeing now, Tedesco's over at Spartak Moscow and doing very well. Um, he's taken a club, and his club has been, you know, top two, top three the last couple of years. Um, and he's been he was voted as number one manager last year uh, in the league. And many fans are hoping that he comes back to Germany at least. And I mean, I, I would love to see him at some point again. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic manager and there's a lot of young managers, uh, that are German that are doing quite well. And so it's, it's exciting to see when you see, uh, great minds like that start to perform But Nagelsmann is obviously the one everyone talks about because, um, he just, his teams are brilliant every time they, he just knows how to line them up and every big team wants him. Uh, and for good reason, right.
1: Because of Klopp's success, now even Tuchel coming to uh, Chelsea, even uh, uh, Hasenhutl, I I mean, you really can't judge him by by those two games. Uh, I think he's a fantastic coach, man. They play some amazing football.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's starting to get noticed now. I think Klopp certainly helped with that. Uh, You know, his test at Liverpool really made or break... Whether the rest of the German contingent were are going to have success or get a chance an opportunity, uh, and and the fact that he's done so well at Liverpool, uh, there everybody else is like okay let's see what's in Germany let's uh, let's see if they're if their their managers are really that good I mean there's another also Austrian ones are really good as well you know Marco Rosa who is at, at Gladbach he's also another one who's uh, a really big and up and comer and obviously you got Ralph Ranyek as well that people talk about because he knows how to develop teams as well so yeah a lot of eyes are in Germany right now. Um, and probably a lot of it has to start with uh, Joachim Love, what he's done with the national team. But you know, Klopp, I think, is the big, the big instigator with all that. You know, his success led to everybody else's uh, opportunities. I think, and uh, yeah, what a fantastic manager he is, right? Who 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 doesn't like to watch Klopp? Even if you hate him, you like you hate the club, hate Liverpool. You like Klopp is just amazing. Come on.
1: I I think he's he's one of those uh, managers who rarely says something uh, horrible at the end of a game. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even when they lose he's so uh gracious in his uh you know praise for players and you know generally
0: yeah, absolutely and i think that, that that makes it so much better right you know sometimes you see like Mourinho has his you know haters and lovers because uh, he always he'll bash you at the end of the game but um why people why what endears club to so many people is because he is very genuine he's very nice um and very humble so uh and then he also likes to have fun too, right? So, uh, Klopp, Klopp is a really unique character. He's the uh, what, what does he call himself? The 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 normal one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, in some games, I feel like you know he's he's almost like a fan watching on the sidelines. He's, oh
0: yeah, watch it! Oh yeah, running around, jumping.
1: You can see it on his face, you know. Yeah, like uh, and even if if it's uh, if it's the other team that's doing well you know he's sort yeah. of taking it in as a as a guy yeah. who loves football
0: yeah absolutely that's a, that's what that was great to see um and sometimes you see you see that from other managers who are normally stoic and then every now and then they break their mold so like like zidane he's very stoic on the sidelines right but every now and then if there's a really nice goal he, from either team he's like Whoo, who, 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 you know so they know you know they they played the game and so they understand when goals are goals happen that are really difficult and they and they get them so it, it's nice to see the actual proper response by you know one of these managers who are, who are fans, they just they try to hide themselves a little bit more than than they normally are, I guess. But Klopp, you, you can't hide him. He wears the sleeves on his face or <laughs> wears his reactions on his face, I guess I should say.
1: So how did you meet uh, c
0: Um It wasn't my accident, I'll tell you. <laughs> so I knew that uh, Milan was doing an uh, American tour uh, and they were actually playing against D.C. United. And so a buddy of mine uh, from uh, Slovenia, he's like, "Hey, I know where the team is staying. And if you want to go, we can try to go. and Maybe we'll see some players." I was like, "Yeah, why not?" It was before the game. Why not? Um, and it was like several hours before the game, really early in the day. And so we went out there, and the team, you know, team arrived from practice, and so we're sitting out there, and yeah, Sadov uh, overs out there just drinking coffee while the rest of the team was coming off the off the off the bus. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, he just walking by, and I was like, "Oh, hey," and started talking to him, and talk, got to talk him in Italian, and uh, really nice guy. Really nice, uh, you know. Very humble, and I, I just said, you know, I just want to say hi and you know, thank him for being an amazing player, blah blah blah. And then that was all I needed, you know. And he, 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 uh, he accommodated me for those couple minutes, whatever. And that was something I'll remember forever. So, you know. Uh, had he acted like a an a-hole or something like that i may have disliked him yeah. you know you've heard us stories i've actually met some like uh american football players where that happened you know no oh. um, th- those were by accidents and still uh negative reactions have a big impact on you yeah. so um no sedorf was very gentlemanly like very professional like so yeah that's how we that's how we met him
1: so what has it meant to you what has it brought to you in your life
0: Uh a sense of community hmm. i think right um Obviously, you get the, ha- the happiness moments, uh, the sad moments as well. But uh, get to experience the games with uh, other fans who also who also support the same club. Especially the last, you know, four years, I got to do the podcast and I got to meet meet and talk to people from all over the world. Um, you see, that you get a sense of community that the world is maybe not as big as you think, uh, and there's more. A lot of people who have who similar. Um, similar likes and dislikes as you do. Uh, and it's, it just, uh, makes you feel as a human race that we're that much closer together. Uh, and so that sense of community, uh, at least with the Shaka community, it's so tight knit. Um, and to be able to have, uh, just a moment with them is this a great experience, you know, and and they, they help you when things are, when times are that rough and when, when things are going well, everybody supports each other. So uh, yeah, the community has been the biggest thing for me, I think, Um, which I never would have thought, you know, as, you know, as a youngster being a fan of sports, that that's what the end result. But for me, yeah. um, Getting to experience the, having the same emotion with so many people from around the world that, you know, it, it doesn't make you feel like we're so small anymore or so it's such a big place. It's like, we're, we're all basically neighbors. We're just a little bit further apart than others.
1: Richard, thanks so much for coming
0: on. Hey, thank you, man. It's um, always fun to talk about football. Yeah, yeah.
1: Great speaking to you. I hope you had some fun.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I love talk. I love talking football, but it's it it really fun talking with you, man. I'm glad we did. So. Thank you, thank you for having me on.
1: I'll be hitting you up for some tips, man. You're a.
0: <laughs> I
1: love the whole good setup. tips for
0: bad tips. I'll, I'll I'll try to do my best. How about that?
1: <laughs> no, I really do. I love the setup that you have for both the podcast and you know the graphics and everything. It looks really cool and really slick, and 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 you guys do a wonderful it, it job. It took
0: several years to get to this point. You know, it's it's we're all in the same we're all in the same journey. at just different different points of the journey, right? So I was in your I was in your boots. Uh, several years ago, and then you know eventually you'll be in my position, be somebody else in your position. So we're all constantly learning and try to just do a little bit better every time, right? And so uh, yeah, any, anything I can help, any kind of do to help is uh, absolutely my pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks again, Richard. Thank you. Hi, right, man. Take care. Um, I got the new football manager. That's what it was. I Also started a, a game with that with Schalke on there. Uh, so I want to put that on the YouTube page. you doing any better than Schalke is actually? I'm doing a lot better than Chuck. <laughs> Jeez.